Welcome back to another unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. Hope you enjoyed our boys Landy and Ian talking up After Dark earlier, but now it's time for episode 143 as we get into the Sharks finishing up a five-game road trip earlier today in Columbus with a 6-4 loss. Sharks went 2-2 two and two over four games this week. We're going to get into those, plus Noah Gregor standing out. Tomas Hurdle getting frustrated. The Evander Kane press conference and more. But first, as always, do us a favor. Remember to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on social media. If you'd like to help support the content we deliver, you can use the Super Chat option during live shows. But we do prefer that Venmo option. And you can find us on there at Teal Town USA. We thank you for that support. And if you are not watching live on YouTube, make sure to add your take in the comment section below this video. So, let's go here. It was, uh, it was a tough way to end the road trip. I'll just say that. Jerk, how you doing? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I just saw the t-shirt, so I'm doing a little bit better. Yeah, uh, no, so I'm, you rocking you those know, saltines, baby. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, we're doing good. I mean, kind of a, you know, tonight was kind of a boot to the groin, but, you know, if you look at the, uh, the road trip as, as a whole, Considering how a lot of people feel about this team, I'm I'm not too upset. All right, I'm 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 a scotch upset. I feel like points were left on the board during this trip. Oh, for sure. But I, I I'm talking about like big picture. Big picture. Okay, it's we're, huge picture. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> so let's go uh, through 25 games this season. Currently, the Sharks are 13, 11, and one. Currently 27 points fourth in the Pacific. Three and two over their last five. Five and five in their last ten. But 27 points in 25 games. That's just over 500 hockey, people. Uh, my predictions, after going perfect the previous two weeks, oh, it was a bad week for me, man. One for four. I missed on everything but New Jersey. Still had him going How three dare and you? I How know, dare you? and I but I had him going three and one this week. But through twenty five though, I had him going fourteen and eleven. And last I looked, thirteen, eleven and one. That that's damn close. And somehow more optimistic than their record. I'm not even sure how that happened. So look, uh, hey, Taco Cruiser just jumping in right off the hop with the super chat donation. We thank you very much for that. Trade hurdle while his value is still high. I mean, we were kind of talking about that last year, but even now, I mean, I just don't know. Like, even if, like, say we get to the trade deadline, say the Sharks are in seventh place, like, is, like, that is a brutal spot for Doug Wilson to be because, you know, if, say the Sharks are in seventh place, which is technically a playoff spot, well, Doug Wilson says, ah, you know, we're not where we want to be, trade him. You're basically saying, yeah, even though we're in the playoff spot, we plan on not making it. But then the flip side, say say he looks at it and says, oh, we're in a playoff spot. We're going to keep him. And then the Sharks have a brutal end of the year and they finish in ninth. <laughs> and then Hurdle walks away for nothing. So, like, I think unless the Shark – like, unless it's – unless the Sharks' playoff chances are over 70% by the trade deadline – you got to move hurdle. There's no, oh, we're in the eighth seed. We're still in the hunt. I don't think the Sharks can afford to think like that. 
Yeah, and how many times have we seen the sharks at one point, you know, come out of a, a, a point in like the end of January? I, I have a very specific recollection because Doug Wilson kept belaboring the point where it was like, well, we we beat we had that run where we beat Chicago and LA and Anaheim who Yeah, that... which was so stupid. <laughs> but, like congratulations, you won three games out of eighty two playing yeah. the parade. But it was, you know, we felt like we were on a on a good trajectory when we'd beaten three really good teams and then yeah, and then they went winless in February. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember. Yeah. So exactly. It's like Boy, when that deadline comes upon you, sometimes guys take their foot off the gas and be like, okay, I'm safe. I can chill. You know, you never know how that is going to shake out. Uh, well, and, e- and and even like you look at other moments in time, you know, I, I think back to uh, 2017, um, you know, where the Sharks, that was the year after the Sharks had gone to the Stanley Cup final, obviously. And they looked, it looked like they were going to make the playoffs pretty comfortably, which obviously, as we know, they did make the playoffs that year pretty comfortably. But, you know, they go, um, you know, at the trade deadline, they pick up Yannick Hansen, which say what you want about the player, but the point is they're spending assets to beef the squad up, right? Well, and so you're thinking, oh, got okay, gold we're in, open the hell out. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're in business here. Sharks went to the final last year. They're, you know, pretty comfortably in first this year. It's all good. And then the Sharks, you know, in in their last 20 games of the season, they were 9 and 11 to finish that year and tumbled all the way down and, you know, ended up having to face a hot Edmonton team. So, you know, things can change at the, you know, at the drop of a hat as they say. As they say, if you will. Every, yeah. Everybody drink. So the week started off with a very nice game in New Jersey. I mean, the, the road trip started off great. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you shut the door on Chicago. You're going to New Jersey, throw up five. Uh, Reimer would get the start. You got uh, Peterson coming in where Weatherby would actually sit out. And, and Bugner even said, like, hey, you know, he, he's been okay, but we think it would be beneficial to watch from the press box for a game or two. You know, and the, he said he had Mike Ricci in his ear most of these games, you know, pointing out things and uh, like that can only help things. You know, it's nice to get a reset, get away from the, the game for a hot minute just to see it from the what? It's not the 30,000 foot view, but you understand what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> Cogliano would actually take PTO on this to deal with some uh, I'm just going to say family stuff. I don't want to. They talked about it on the broadcast. I don't want to get into it because it's not hockey. <laughs> his family stuff, all that for me, that's off limits. Um, Gregor, given the chance in this game, and he crashes, buries a shimmick shot to give the Sharks a one nothing lead. Last time I looked, it's a high-value goal. Uh, you are correct, <laughs> sir. Uh, Burns took a puck to the face late in the first. Uh, the good news, of course, being that he doesn't have any teeth to knock out because they're already gone. Uh, but Carlson and Ferraro would start the second, but Burns would return after a couple minutes. Fun one in this, of course, being that Middleton would get his second NHL goal, his first on a manned net. Mm-hmm. This is key. Uh, Meyer with his 10th goal, this one coming on the power play, felt like the only power play they scored this week. Uh, and then EK65 would score what would be a low-value goal. But he did have some high this week. Still counts on the score sheet. That's right. Meyer gets an empty netter. Anyway, storyline. It it all mows your lawn the same way. (laughs) That's right. Gregor's best game in Teal. Timo's on fire. And you get four points from the defense in this one. Gotta love it. I saw a lot of people saying 
you know, people on Twitter saying, oh, where, where's this Noah Gregor been? And it's like, he's always been there. <laughs> you just, you just didn't want to look. <laughs> I, I feel like, and you obviously know, I mean, who? you know, especially during the regular season, you know, we probably talk every day, but even in the off season, you know, every day, every other day, every couple days, you know, you know, I'm very big on Noah Gregor. I feel like a lot of people owe me an apology. <laughs> get in line <laughs> get in line hey Berg coming in hot on the super chat thank you very much for the donation uh, and throwing us five bucks for the inevitable discussion about Evander Kane oh it's coming my friend it's coming there's a follow up to that oh I'm sorry uh, let me get in on that is it known what team efforts were there to discipline EK9 last year when he was showing up late, etc. I can't find any mention of any articles written about the subject other than February 2020 when he was held out of the third period of a game against the Rangers. Yeah, that was pretty much all he got. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, they're like, um, you know, Kevin Kurz has reported on it, Shang has obviously reported on it, but you know, the the talk on him is, you know, oh, he was late to practice he didn't really care about team rules allegedly he and rocky thompson almost got into a rumble so stuff like that but in terms of ways he was reprimanded for it by all public accounts no there was nothing yeah well and in fact bugner uh, if you remember correctly at the end of the season when they did kind of like their exit interviews uh even bugner kind of intimated that all guys should have been held to the same standard, and he felt like that was not the case. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, trying to beat around the bush, if you will. Uh, but we'll go. We'll get to end of Vander Kane uh, shortly. We need to uh, finish out the week that was in games. The New York Islanders. Uh, you gotta yes. feel. You gotta feel for this team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, holy crap! Uh, the the it, coming into this season, they were like a lot of people were very high on this team, and I was one of those people. I thought they were gonna win the Metro. See, so <laughs> the Sharks go idiot. <laughs> Sharks go in take a two-one overtime win. Uh, Hill would get the start his first since November twentieth versus the Capitals where the Sharks got shut out for nothing. The Isles come into this one on an eight-game skid. They are winless at UBS, which I said must stand for until Barzal scores. Uh, But Barzal (laughs) would score a minute four into this one on one that Hill absolutely needed to have. But luckily, the boy settled in and was lights out for the rest of the game. Notes from this one, Gadjevic would take a shot off the ankle at about three minutes in. Has been in a walking boot ever since. We saw Peterson slot in for him after uh, in, the, in the following games. Uh, Benino would tie this one, his third goal in five games, as the power play expired. So technically not a power play goal, but it was literally one second after, exp- after it expired. And then you see Timo to EK65 for the OT winner. Uh, the storyline for me on this one is it took going to overtime for you to beat the second worst team in the East who has yet to win a game at home. So, uh, based on the numbers, what you've said is correct. I, I don't look at it the same way. The reason being is in terms of the player personnel, the Islanders are a much better team than 
second worst in the league and and they are notoriously very stout defensively I mean that comes from you know playing under that Lou Lamorello uh, style you know that's he obviously signs players and hires coaches to kind of fit that mold um, but I, I I do agree with you I mean obviously like you said eight game losing streak at the time they've lost tonight which means their losing streak is now at 11 games and I mean I'm happy with a win don't get me wrong but a team that is playing as poorly as you mentioned AJ I would like to see a more decisive win personally Mm -hmm. but I mean after it's all said and done it's a win so I'm I'm kind of happy about that you sort of you know you 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 take your two points and you're out the door (laughs) give me my slice I gotta go yep exactly so the sharks roll over to the other aisle of Manhattan and find themselves on the wrong end of a one nothing loss. Hill would start this one despite the fact that Reimer was actually scheduled to, but James was under the weather. Here's another one where Shimmick would be scratched, this time for Malosh. This is a third scratch for Shimmick in 10 games. Uh, the Rangers come in rested. They had only played two nights before, and then their previous game scheduled three nights before that was against the Islanders, which was postponed. So... Rangers were very rested. Um, New York scores on a power play after Gregor is pushed into Shesterkin and gets a goalie interference call. Broadcasters were a little, shall we say, what, froggy about that? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were sure to let you know how they felt. Yeah. Uh, five minutes into the third, though, Shesterkin pulled his groin, goes out. Last I looked is out for at least a week. Yep, that could, is correct. Could be more. Week uh, minimum. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, look, as much as I belabored, like, the whole thing of, like, look, you, you, you know, you had to go to overtime to beat second-worst team. And, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? You lost one nothing to a really good Rangers team that had been going mm-hmm. really hot. So, like, I can take a little bit of a moral victory from this. The storyline being that, you know, look, you got goalied and you couldn't find offense. You couldn't solve Shesterkin. Um, the other thing, though, is, you know, Hurdle previously stated, we can't be a one-line team. And through 24 games, the Sharks have scored 62 goals. 25 have come from that top line, which means 40% of them are coming from that top line. The Hurdle line, 13, which is good for 21%. The defense has so far posted 18%. And so for for the giggles, I was like, well, let's compare that to the top three teams in every division. And yeah, 40% of your offense coming from one line, there's only two other teams that match that. The Capitals, who are doing pretty well last I looked, and the Dallas Stars, who are currently uh, streaking last I looked on a six-game winning streak. So... You know, so it can be done, I guess, if you have Ovechkin. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, with in the case of the Capitals, like you mentioned, you know, that that Kuznetsov line. um, I mean, you look at it, right? It's Kuznetsov, uh, Tom Wilson and Alex Ovechkin, which has been the top line since they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. Very good line. And as you said, Alex Ovechkin, everything he touches is going in right now. Um, And for the Dallas Stars, too, it was a very slow start for uh you know your pal joe pavelski but he's obviously turned it around as well um i think it helps that his center 
is uh, Rope Hints, who I think is a really good player. And same thing as an Alex Ovechkin. Right now, everything that Rope Hints touches is going in. Mm-hmm. So certainly helps the case. Yeah. So it's it's been pretty interesting. But last time I looked, the Tampa Bay Lightning, pretty good team. And yet their top line, 22% of their goals are coming from the top line, 26 <laughs> coming from the second line. It's because Tampa Bay is just good, yeah, right? I mean, that's what, even that's what happens like, when you're stacked. And that's the and that's the thing is like, you know, even without like obviously they don't have Kucherov right now, they don't have Braden Point, but you know they're in a position where you know in when everything is like when everything is roses, you have Sorelli and Stamkos and Kalorn as your second line, which is an awesome second line, but obviously no point. So Stamkos, being that he's also pretty. Uh, well versed in playing center, Stamkos can jump up, be the number number one center with Andre Palat, and it's working out. Stamkos is like having his one of his best years in a long time. So you know, to that point, it's amazing how well you can play when you're uh, not hurt. Yeah. Well, the also the embarrassment of a ri- of riches at center. You know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like Steven Stamkos is so good, right? And like you know, you have to play him at right wing because your other centers are just as good. Yeah. But then you you look at a team like Edmonton, you know, McDavid's line is 37%, Dreisaitl's is 35%. I mean, talk about balance. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then the Leafs, <laughs> Matthew's line, 34 Tavares' line, 34 There's definitely some good teams out there, that's for sure. Now, the outlier, or as Jerk would tell you, there's always a hero, mm-hmm. uh, the Anaheim Ducks, their top line. Nine percent of their offense coming from there, twenty-four percent from the second Raquel line, and then Steele's third line is thirty percent. Well, and even and and yeah, and those numbers might be those numbers might be a little bit inflated because, or um, maybe not inflated, but uh, a little misconstrued, if you will, because you know when when Troy Terry uh, was on that that point streak of uh, sixteen games. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff was picking up a lot of assists, you know, and, and Getzlaff is hurt right now. Right. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, I would say, and I, I mean, obviously I don't want to get too off track here, but it made me think of it. I think, <laughs> <Too late. laughs> yeah, no, I think like, I mean, I, it's, it's not some big secret. Like there's a handful of guys on Anaheim I really like, but you know, when it's all said and done, I think Anaheim is going to be the team that comes back down to earth and, you know, the Sharks need to have, you know, they need to have their seatbelt on and be ready when that happens. That would be nice. Uh, finally, the Sharks go to Columbus. Yikes. Hill gets his third straight start, and after the previous two, you have to be feeling good. Right? <laughs> what do you, What did he have, like a, a one goals against average over those first two games? I mean, and again, Columbus is kind of struggling. Weren't they like in a four-game losing streak or whatever? They played in Washington the night before and lost. It's... Yeah, Columbus. They've they're one of those teams, especially in the Eastern Conference right now. There's there's a lot of teams that are just sort of, I don't know, just sort of hanging around, right? Like everybody's saying, like you know, oh, Pittsburgh's looked really good this year. Boston's looked really good. Columbus has looked good at times. And you look, all three of those teams. Sorry, two of those teams, Columbus and Boston currently not in the playoffs right now like you have a lot of teams who are just sort of sniffing around it all and i mean i don't know this would be like total team chaos nonsense right but like <laughs> this the way the standings are trending right now like 
I think this would have been the year to see a 2014 playoff, if you ask me, because especially in the Eastern Conference and maybe even the Western Conference, like, like you know, you look in the East, Boston, Columbus, maybe Pittsburgh. You look in the West, Vegas, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. Dallas. Like, some good teams are going to miss the playoffs. <sighs> Team chaos, baby. That's what I'm saying, dude. I, I think everybody should make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely. Why not? 24 game team buy-in. Uh, Shimmick would return after being healthy scratched. Cogliano returned after tending to uh, family issues. Uh, of note, the Sharks have slandered Rudolph's balsers. <laughs> he gets scratched. Okay. <laughs> he gets scratched. Gregor takes his spot on the hurdle line. Of note, this was game 11.05 for Vlasic, which moved him into second place on the team's all-time games played list, passing Joe Thornton. And the other, again, it's like recipe for success. Columbus, four-game losing streak, played in Washington the night before. And Merzlikens. Yes. I don't know who the hell Merzlikens is, but Merzlikens was 0-2-0 versus the Sharks. These are all good things. Recipe for success. Well, guess what? The Jackets open scoring. Uh, Boquist goes top shelf. Bonino uh, would tie things, though, with two seconds left. And I think both Jerk and myself looked at that Boquist goal and went, yikes. Yeah. That's something you got to have. Definitely uh, a few that Hill probably would like a do-over on. Uh, yeah. That, that seemed to be the theme of the game tonight. But Benino's fourth in seven games. You got EK65 firing a bomb 21 seconds into the second period, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. Not to mention Mm -hmm. the fact that uh, so far on this season, the Sharks score more goals as the game goes on. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they got, last I looked, I think it was 17 goals scored so far in their first, but then it was like 22 in the second, 23 in the third. So you're feeling good about that. But it didn't last long after Corrali would tie it 35 seconds later. Uh, Burns, I don't know what the hell you're doing, dude. Um, <laughs> uh, but he would make up for it with a slap shot that, that would finally go in his first point in 12 games, first goal. I mean, just Christ almighty. And then, of course, you get Ferraro going, hey, I can do Burns too. And Sillinger would take advantage, tie it up. Hill just not covering the sides the top, I mean, he, he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm all about this kind of center spot of the net today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was playing, you know, the Sharks went out and played hockey. Hill decided he wanted to play dodgeball. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, we all saw. We all watched. <laughs> <laughs> and then failing to poke check on the Roslovic, it, it's, and then Boquist scores again. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the one thing you did see, though, Bugner flipping Hurdle and Couture on, mm-hmm. on those lines, which I thought was rather interesting, and then short shortly after that hurdle would score and it was just kind of like oh he so he can score he just needs better you know wings <laughs> see and i and here's the thing like i obviously we've talked about it i think every show we've done this season we've talked about it couture um timo meyer jonathan dolan i mean they're the top line they're the best line on the team right now you don't need aj or i to tell you that but I like seeing, and even if it's just temporary, I like seeing Gregor going up with Couture and Dolan, not just because I'm a Noah Gregor mark, I think we've established that, but because Gregor, he's like he's probably the fastest player on this team that actually has some offensive skill to his name, and I feel like he gives that line a little bit more jam, you know what I mean? Well, and the guy, his, he's 
I forget who you, I think you were talking about Balsers a few shows ago mm-hmm. uh, when you said once he gets that one, you know, and I feel like that's how I've felt about Gregor over this last week, mm-hmm. where it's like if he's not leading the team in shots on goal in a game, he's generally second, like chief he's right there. Yeah. Oh, man. It's like if he finds that scoring touch, woo, watch out. And that's the thing, to your point. You know, you look at uh, you look over the past week, you know, four shots on goal. We're talking about Noah Gregor here. Four shots on goal against the Devils, uh, three against the Islanders, against the Rangers, um, four again. Uh, and then tonight, if you're listening live against the Blue Jackets, he had five. Yeah. So he's Dude's he, getting looks. He, oh, and he's clearly taking advice from Timo Meyer too. I was going to say, he might want to borrow Timo's stick because that's on fire right now. And that's what I'm saying. And it's like, you know, I mean – We'll see. I mean, you know, Jam Job Bob is always lurking, but <laughs> I, I, I think for right now, I mean, I'm like, and I just don't see a way that Noah Gregor gets sent back to the Barracuda. Like, I have a Noah Gregor Barracuda jersey in my closet. I'm getting ready to rip the name bar off and put it on a Sharks jersey. You know, like, <laughs> nice. he, he's just played well. And, and I know, you know, on this show, we don't slander Rudolph's Balsers, but, you know, I think Balsers has earned the demotion to the third line because. You know, even if Gregor's not quite getting on the score sheet as much as he probably wants to, you know, he's only got one goal, two assists, but he's playing with some jam. You know what I mean? He's well, he's giving those whether he's with Hurdle and Barabanov or whether he's with Couture and Dolan, he brings speed to that line. He can get open and then get the puck to those guys. I'm I put, keep him in the NHL. I don't care where you play him as long as it's not on the fourth line. I don't care. Well, but and see, that's the thing is it's it's really got to be kind of a shot across the bow where it's like, oh, okay, you're scratching balsers. If you're LeBanc, you have to be thinking, now's my shot. I do. <laughs> and it's like, no, nope, you're still there. I mean, yeah, you look at you look at the numbers for you look at the numbers for LeBanc, right? Six points in nineteen games. That's nowhere near uh that's nowhere near four four and three quarter million dollars worth of work by mm. no stretch. But Again, we talked about it two weeks ago. We talked about it last week. Again, Sharks, if you're listening, a little early on the segment here, but put him higher in the lineup. Play him with some with some guys who can get him the puck. You know, I love Matt Nieto. I love Jasper Weatherby. I love Andrew Cognano. love what they bring to the table. They're not getting Kevin LeBanc the puck. And you're forcing Kevin LeBanc to go get the puck himself. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets it, who's he passing to? Well, and maybe the, you, it burns like <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you've uh, if you're going to turn on the line blender, maybe you think about throwing uh, LeBanc up there with Couture and, and Meyer for a couple shifts just to see, you know, why not? And and here's the other thing, too. I was thinking about this while I was watching the game. So everybody talks about how much of a disaster LeBanc is in his own zone, right? Mm-hmm. So and I know they've already tried it and it didn't really work out, but I, I still think maybe he it's. We need to see it again, but you know why not put LeBanc with a super defensively responsible Nick Benino, who also happens to have his scoring touchback. It seems would be nice, and not Matt Nieto on left wing. Maybe <laughs> I mean I'm just saying you know Balsers Benino LeBanc. Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> could be interesting. Uh... I'm just saying Sharks if you're listening. <laughs> uh, the final storyline in the Columbus game: the Sharks coughed up the lead. Twice, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what happened to playing defensive grind games, uh, but even Bugner in the post game said something along the lines of like, you know, that we were brain dead today. Uh, 
he he did also you know make a, a comment when it was brought up that um the Sharks did not see a power play in this game. And he said he was kind of harping to the officials towards the end of the first. Uh, I mean, look, when you're out shooting a team like 28 to 9 in the first period <laughs> and you don't get a, it seems like you'd probably, if you're getting that many shots off, you know, the, the other team is going to start taking some liberties. He felt like there was mm-hmm. some guys getting sticks under their arms or whatnot and just no calls. Uh, hmm. Seems like they've just, I think that, what, this is the fourth game now this season where they haven't gotten a single call? That sounds right. But here's here's Pretty the odd. other thing, though, dude. Here's the other thing. Like, and, and you're correct. I, I mean, I think it would be nice to see a power play. Don't get me wrong. But here's the thing. You can't have the power play be how you win games. If you're not getting power plays, like, I'm easier said than done. But score five on five. Mm-hmm. Like that you can't say, oh, well, you know, if you say, well, if we had a power play, this game might have gone different. It's like, well, well, he did I talk mean, about if it you, being if your goalie a made a something. Save, I mean, I don't know. You know, he talked a lot about it being it. something that can change the momentum. So sure. I, I understand sure. that. But it's, you know, there, there's going to be games where you don't. But uh, it it just there has been uh, to, to quote Randy Hahn. Mm-hmm. It's been a couple times where things have been totally sus. Yes. <laughs> So let's get into uh, stock up, stock down this week. Stock up. Uh, a couple of the names are the same. <laughs> Timo Meyer last week, yep. two two goals, three assists. Uh, this week, three goals, two assists. <laughs> <laughs> you know, six goals, nine assists, 15 out of 12, 15 points in 12 games. Uh, I mean, are you kidding me? Can, can my question... And, and and we've been asking this question uh, every week we've done a show this season. I believe, what is this, week seven of the regular season? Somewhere there. And, and we're, we're, ra- we're wrapping week six. Whatever. <clears throat> Point being is, uh, is this the week where we can finally say, look, Timo Meyer's not playing hot. He's not punching up. He's just good. Like, can we say that? Like... People are looking at COVID season one, COVID season two, and say, oh, you know, that Meyer, he really sucks. It's like, well, what about the three years before that? Not bad, mm-hmm. I would say. And looks like a beast this year. He's healthy. His primary line mate is healthy. The god-awful conditions that they had to start the season under last year are non-existent. Like, I don't think Meyer is punching up. I don't think he's, he's you know... He's becoming the power forward we expected. Right. And as we've talked about too, you know, obviously Timo Meyer, he missed some games because of the COVID protocol. And so he's only on pace for 77 games this season. Should he not miss another game? 100 points in those 77 games if he stays at this pace. And now you're probably thinking, well, hey, you know, hockey jerk, it's it's only game, you know, 25 at 82. What, what do you think he's going to... How do you think he's going to keep this pace? Well, I mean, like I said, we're kind of at the point where he's not playing hot. He's just good. And, you know, also something to think about, too, that kind of puts a bow on the Timo Meyer present, if you will. He's played 20 games this year, been on the top line, the most minutes among forwards, plays physical, plays offensively, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Zero pims. Hey, no. That, to me, is the most, like, standout stat of the whole thing. as a as a guy who regularly takes the opportunity to run you over if he can 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I I mean, Same. you know, three hit. He had three hits against the Islanders, um, and he had, you know, no hits in any of the other games this week. But still, he, that's where he's always leading. Physical. He's not the fastest guy, but he's quick. If you can understand that, like. He's not going to win you in a race, but he's where he needs to be when he needs to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, dudes had points in nine of the last 12 games, and two of those, the Sharks were shut out, so nobody had points in those. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Might uh, be good, as they say. Right? Six of his goals, four of them were game winners, or as we say here, mind you, Al. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Shout out. Hello. Uh, yeah. Eric Carlson. Since Woo! returning from protocol, <laughs> dude only has three goals, four assists, you know, seven points. Uh, it, I mean, well, hello. <laughs> he did go pointless in three straight, but he's got points in eight out of 12 games. That's good. I'm not going to say that's elite. It's good. And one of those wasn't, uh, you know, the game winner in overtime. <clears throat> Let, let's see Carlson continue this stretch. You know, let let's see it just get better. That's well, and 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 same same thing, same thing with Eric Carlson. You know, he obviously, as we've talked about with Meyer, missed some games as well. He's only on pace for seventy six games this year. If he gets there, that's fifty six points. Now you're probably you're gonna look at what he's done historically and say, well, hey, a couple seventy sixty point years, seventy point years. He had an eighty two point season. What the hell? What's go? What gives? But with all the nonsense that people have said about Carlson the last three years about, you know, oh, his thumb, his heel, his Achilles, his <laughs> my groin, neck, my whatever. Back. Exactly. <laughs> like, 56 points. Take the money out of it. 56 points in 76 games as a defenseman. Not bad. Not bad. And you know what? That lawnmower is getting a lot of work, buddy. <laughs> um, and, um, wait a minute. Hold on. I think I got run over. I did. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh. the Eric Carlson special right there. Yeah, that, that's me. That's and Eric Carlson ran me over. Uh, <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> uh, Nick Benino, after going like 18 games, couldn't buy a goal. All of a sudden, four in his last seven. Love it. All four of them are high value. Thank you. Three uh, three game tires and a game opener. Nice. Uh, Aiden Hill uh, was very stock up until today's game. <laughs> it's kind of that's okay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and then uh, of course you know Noah Gregor. Um, we Love we him. talked we talked about it earlier, but we were both stock up on that guy. Uh, stock down. You know Burns was top of the list for me. Okay, he might have moved a little further down after firing a slapper and finally putting one in tonight. But mm-hmm. my point was like, God damn, son, you've gone 11 games, haven't gotten a single point. Shimmick was scratched in three games and has more points than you. Like, come on. Uh, but he got one back, and hopefully that's something that will lead to bigger and better things and open the floodgates for the big man. Uh, stock down, of course, was that hurdle line. I mean, we saw Balsers get scratched. Barabanov still had three assists this week, uh, but hurdle up until tonight had you know like the silver lining if you really want to see it <laughs> is hurdle and burns both scored tonight and it it had been forever so right and that. and i like that you mentioned Bar- barabanov as well because you're right we, and, and we called it out last week as well you know that line hurdle balsers barabanov we need more 
from them. Hurdle especially had been struggling. Balsers, God love you, but dude, it, behind the goalie is where you want it. And <laughs> <laughs> despite that, though, Barabanov, very solid. You know, he mm-hmm. especially like, you know, I think, and I'll have to go back and look, but like, I think, um, you know, he's he's assisting on a lot of, you know, the three assists he's picked up this week, I believe, you know, they were on goals by players that he's not normally on a line with, mm-hmm. you know, so he's kind of, no matter where he's out there, you know, if he's out, if it's a line blender situation, power play, penalty kill, overtime, whatever, like he's still finding a way to, you know, make some cheddar cheese there. And again, same thing as Timo Meyer. He's only on pace for 77 games this year, um, but, you know, he's on target to put up 42 points, which for a guy you took a chance on at a million bucks, I'm all for it. <laughs> and we're able to get rid of Suomelo in the process? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I will take that. Yep. Uh, and then finally stock down, I mean, just the offense. <laughs> they don't, you yeah. know, 10 goals in five games, and five of those came versus the Devils. Uh, you know, the Sharks have posted two shutouts this season, but they've been shut out three times. Uh, so, I mean, and yeah, you can say, well, Hey, there was some offense tonight and it's like, well, okay, fair point, (laughs) but we need that defensive collapse that they had all bought into from the start of the training camp. But I guess kind of went out the window earlier today. Uh, let's get into the stats real quick. The power play is, uh, falling. (laughs) drastically Uh, it's like last i looked it was right around 16 just about 17 percent it went from 11th to 20th now 22nd two for 18 in their last eight games this week they were one for eight on the power play to be fair as i said earlier the bonino goal came just as it expired so okay you can say two for eight and two for eight not bad 25 percent, pretty decent if we can start to get there and again didn't draw a penalty versus Columbus, so it is what it is. Uh, the PK still pretty decent. Went from first to third, now fourth. 87% this week killed four of five. Uh, faceoff percentage still 52.5, remaining eighth in the NHL. We talked about Hill and Reimer. Uh, the numbers are still pretty much the same, with the exception of, of course, uh, Hill getting just jacked <laughs> tonight. Blue line points. This is huge, man. Four games this week. This is so weird. I don't know if my... I'm going to have to go back and check these numbers. In the four games that they played this week, I only have five goals, which is great. You know, you got you get three from EK65, one from Middleton. So that pairing coming up with four goals. And the fifth one earlier coming from Burns. No assists from any defensive player in these last four games. Seems rather odd. Uh, yeah, that is that is kind of a weird number. Right? Uh, but the blue line points all in on the season, 12 goals, 37, 37 assists. I mean, dude, that 49 points in 25 games, I mean, that's almost a two-point-per-game clip coming from your defense. Last I looked, not too shabby. Yeah, and actually, you know, you were talking about you, – you briefly touched on LeBanc a little bit, and – um, there was a number I actually we're we're talking numbers right now. There was a number that I saw that was quite interesting to me. So for those who aren't aware, um, 
the average shooting percentage in the NHL, basically the percentage of your shots that goes in, the average shooting percentage right um, for the last couple of years has been somewhere between 9 and 11%. Mm-hmm. So what's problematic for me and and don't forget like you know I'm a I'm a I I would say I'm a pretty solid fan of Kevin LeBanc. What's problematic for me <laughs> Signed jersey in the closet. Uh no, signed jersey sold on eBay. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> what's problematic for me considering LeBanc's got 3 goals in 19 games here, his shooting percentage is 9.7%. Mm. Which means he's his in terms of the percentage of his shots that are going in, he's average. Yeah. And so what that tells me, I mean, dude, take more shots. Like, you know, and 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 you know, our buddy Ian Reed, you know, he'll be the first to tell you LeBanc's always been a pass first guy, even going back to juniors, but he has a really good shot, and he I does. feel like I, the, I would love to see it more. It makes me feel like somebody needs to beat it into say, on this line, you are the shooter. Right. <laughs> so uh, we mentioned it earlier. Meyer, Ek, throwing up game winners this week. Who's leading the Majuel? Majuel. Uh, so how, how do Any, you break this? Down? Anything? Did anything really change? Uh, so your, here's your top your top three: Timo Meyer, uh, Tomas Hurdle, Jonathan Dolan. There's your top three in terms of the module score. All right. Um, if we're talking, we're talking high value goals here. Timo Meyer. Logan Couture with five of his seven being high value. Um, and then you've got Jonathan Dolan and how are you doing? Nick Benino tied for third in high value goals. As I mentioned, Benino's got four goals on the year. All four of them are high value goals. Three, uh, three game tying goals and a game opener goal. Obviously you love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was getting ready to make the point earlier, um, you know, when AJ and I were doing some prep and then Eric Carlson scored, of course. Um, but if we're looking at the module uh, after the first period, uh, we, you're finally getting to see how the module can maybe change your thinking a little bit on the situation. Obviously, Nick Benino, four goals. Eric Carlson at the time only had five goals. Obviously, now he has six. Despite having one more goal at the time, Benino's module score was higher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what does that mean? Who's to say? We're still figuring that out. But <laughs> that's that's kind of the first indication we've had this season of, you know, I guess getting a different picture than what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. No. So. Love it. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on here. We, you know, as we're talking about some of these numbers and whatnot, uh, Dom Luschison from The Athletic put together his latest top 10 list for each NHL award now that we're a quarter way into the season. Uh, the Sharks that made his lists, you got Timo Meyer coming in fifth for the heart. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, do, do you think he has a hope in hell? Um, To win? No. But I, I mean, think somebody, if you play somebody in the will... same division as Dreisaitl and McDavid. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I think somebody, because how they do it for these kinds of trophies is they, you know, I think there's 200... Uh, media members who vote on these kinds of things and they say okay basically what it is is what it is what it is is they say okay give us your top five and they actually score it very similarly to how we score the module you know but it's basically give me your top five and then that's how they rank it all 
I I wouldn't be surprised at all if Timo Meyer picked up a couple fourth and fifth place votes. Not at all. Hmm. Will he win? Can't say. Probably not. All right. Well, uh... if he did. Somebody owes uh, me an apology. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to spend the rest of this show, ladies and gentlemen, finding an apology for Hockey Jerk. Uh, Eric Carlson, fifth on the list for the Norris. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Dolan, eighth. Middleton, ninth for the Calder. Interesting. Uh, And then Reimer, eighth for the Vesna. So you you have to enjoy that. So you know, Which I I mean with the with the Vesna thing, the only reason why I want to mention that is because that I I feel like we're still you know, and again, who am I to say? We're not anything? there yet. But I I feel like there's a there's still like a bias when it comes to like the name recognition. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like people are gonna like it, you know at the beginning of the season, everybody's saying, oh Connor Hellebuck, John Gibson. Vasilevsky, Flurry, blah blah blah, all these names, right? But you know, James Reimer, you look uh, the the leading, the best goalie in the league right now in terms of wins, has thirteen wins. James James Reimer's got eight, which is pretty pretty incredible. Um, among starting goalies, James Reimer is one, two, three, four, fifth in save percentage, and in terms of goals against average, again among starting goalies. James Reimer is sixth. Pretty and decent. So obviously, Dom Lecision saying that James Reimer is in the Vesna conversation, the stats bear that out. But uh, eighth? If, if you say, I don't know about eighth. I don't know about eighth, but if anything, it says to me, Reimer needs to start more games. <laughs> Get well soon, buddy. I, I, I Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if they have, uh, I don't know if, you know the Sharks players if they get Benny cards or whatever, but you know run yours up with with Dayquil and 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 you know get in there, dude. It 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 really makes me wonder if how this game would have bared out earlier against Columbus had Reimer been good. Because boy, there there was you know we said it earlier there were two or three that Hill had to have been going. What the hell am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you have to love seeing Meyer in that conversation. Uh, again, it feels like the guy we've been waiting for. Uh, mm-hmm. Leads the Sharks in nearly every stat. Nearly half of his goals are game winners. Uh, when it comes to the EK65 stuff, for all you snarky EK65 defenders that love to scream, where are the haters now? <laughs> I have a couple things to say. One, can you honestly at least admit that the previous two seasons, EK65 was bad? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like if you like, you know, it's the whole idea of like, if you want to sit there and say, oh, where the hater, dude, it, you have to acknowledge reality. Yeah. Uh, you know, his first season in San Jose, he had a great six, six weeks then too. And then what happened? He went off a cliff. So my point is don't be too quick to toss out the, I told you so's like, let's see what this bears out. There was, it, let me remind you, there was a hot minute where Radil looked really good. <laughs> <laughs> we all I, know what happened. I think the only difference here is that, you know, that six-week uh, stretch in his first year that you're mentioning, you know, that the Sharks were a wagon at that time, even if Carlson was pointless in that six-week <clears throat> stretch. Like, the Sharks yeah. are still winning more than they lose. Versus this time around, like, he m- has been the difference in the game almost every night the Sharks have won. Yeah, and I fully agree with that. 
Mm-hmm. I'm t- totally, you know, acknowledge that 100%. But, you know, there there's guys like Nolan Schaefer who, <laughs> remember <laughs> Nolan Schaefer? That first game, what was it, against like the Hurricanes and he just, you know, took him for a lap and then you yeah. never heard from the guy again? I mean, you know, <laughs> let, let's not bring up David Ayers is what I'm saying. Let's just, everybody calm down. Um but being, yeah. you know, being disappointed because a player doesn't meet the expectation set by his contract, the previous numbers that he posted, what the front office and the coaches were telling you, being disappointed because that player doesn't hit those numbers, it doesn't make somebody a hater. It just makes them disappointed. Learn the difference, please. You know, well, and 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 not only that, but you know, you you've said yourself, you're, you know you've not in the past you've not been the biggest fan of eric carlson and i would even make the argument that you're not really the biggest fan of eric carlson to this day he just Mm -hmm. so happens to be playing well but i think it's also worth saying you know you're not a fan of eric carlson that doesn't mean that you want him playing poorly like you want you want him to be successful i know you do i want him to be successful and i'm not the biggest fan of eric carlson why because, you know, how dare I expect the highest paid defenseman <laughs> to play like the highest paid defenseman? You know, yeah, for how, sure. And, how dare and, I? And I and, you know, you can go back, you can look at the tape from last year. You know, I've always I've always been the one to talk you off the off, ledge, off the ledge in terms of the Eric Carlson conversation. But even there were multiple times last year where I was like, no, like AJ's right. Like it, this is how it is. And, you know, there's no, you know. <laughs> the butter doesn't go on both sides. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's the whole thing. It's like, why am I not a fan? You're disappointing yeah. me. Okay, yeah. stop disappointing me, and you're going to turn me into a fan. You know, Brendan Dillon did it. Yeah, I, I believe you can too, Eric. If I if I say, hey, I've got this really good beer, and I, and I slide you a, a Bud Light, you're going to be like, what the hell? This isn't good beer. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, so let's move on. All right, here we go. Even. Yeah, do we, does anybody want to have a cigarette before we do this? Uh, yeah, light them if you got them, people. Here it comes. Takeaways from the return of Evander Kane, his first practice, his media session. Uh, first off, dude skated out, yellow jersey paired with topping, and uh, what's uh, what's Brinson's brother's name? Steen. Steen. So he's out there with Kyle and Steen. Uh, definitely not the top two CUDA guys. In fact, neither of them are with the CUDA anymore. <laughs> Just yeah, they both they both got sent to Orlando, <laughs> exactly, which is, which is epic. <laughs> is that another word for Siberia? No. Um, but look, as for the video, let let's first start with the with the title of it that NBCS Bay Area put on it. Kane opens up about vaccine status, comma issues with teammates. Uh. Okay, here let let's just show what he talked about when he asked about the fake vax card. Yeah, uh, I you'll, you'll have to refer to the uh, NHL statement uh, that they put out via the suspension. You know, I uh, served my time, uh, did my twenty-one games, and now I'm back. Um. That didn't sound like anybody opened up about anything. It was like, uh, you know, uh, just. You know, look at the memo. I served my time. Uh, you probably could have chosen your words a little bit better, by the by the way. But uh, I don't understand how that's opening up about it. And I will say I'm I'm a little pissed off that not a single person in that media session 
had the stones or the wherewithal to ask, where did you get the card? Right? Yeah. Uh, I just th- honestly, I just think it was a. It was a total <sighs> sidestep. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think it was a coward response. It, oh, you know? dude, it so was. I, I, like, I was expecting him to say, you know, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can you direct that towards my attorney over here? Yeah, total coward response. I mean, as you said, totally sidestepped the question like a moving train. Like all he's all he said was, "I served my time." Like, dude, you are trying to like you want to play in the NHL. You want to make money. You gotta play ball here. You can't act coy. And like some, you know, just moody, like child, you know, because, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I had I had to do this thing. You know what I mean? Like he acts like he he acts like he got suspended because he accidentally high sticked somebody like, no, dude, like in the you committed a crime. You <laughs> right? know what I mean? Yeah. Like and and, and the fact people that, have, you know, like have, have have used these to try to like get on flame on planes are serving time. And that's the thing. <laughs> and, and especially too like. You know, and not like, in the way that you serve time. <laughs> right. And, and and you, you know, you're gonna turn in a fake vaccination card when you know these things are being scrutinized. You're putting you're putting yourself at risk, you're putting your family at risk, your, your teammates, teammates at risk. Yes. Like you're just you're showing that you don't care. And like Oh no, honestly, you care all about you. Yeah, and honestly, what I what I gleaned from that video is that you know, he thinks, oh, well, you know, yeah, like there's this little drama going on right now, but I was the best player on the team last year, so I'll be back. Oh, and it's like, dude, dude, there was a lot of that. Keep dreaming. Like, keep dreaming. And, you know, I have more to say, but obviously you'll bring it up in the next point. So. Yeah. Well, but I want to get to Marty's comment really quick because I love it. He's, I understand they wear different colors for no contact jerseys. Do they have a specific color for locker room cancer? Yeah. Uh, dude, it, nice, it should desi- be. <laughs> nice designation. It should be Paisley. No, it should it should Plaid. be trans it should be transparent as in you don't see it on the ice. <laughs> nice. Uh when asked about being in contact with any of the sharks, you know, hey, have you talked to the guys and uh, here we go. No, I, I've been doing my own thing, uh getting myself prepared, um and handling my business as I'm sure they have. Love it. I'll just, no, been doing my own thing, sure they have. But, and I'm just like, oh, I mean, if I'm sorry, if the, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, say whatever happened over the summer regarding these guys wanting him gone, he, he's saying that, oh, that was all news to me. Well, my question is, if there were no issues and this is all being overblown by the media, which he's mentioned multiple times, why is it that the Sharks have all admitted, no, we haven't spoken with them. We don't know where the coach is going. I don't know where he is. Like, and that's, <laughs> I mean, is that not a huge red flag to, to be like, uh, yeah, maybe I need to start thinking about life after San Jose. And that's the thing. Like if people like, you know, obviously we are nobody on this podcast or in this Google chat is in the locker room. Nobody knows for absolute certainty, but if you're reading the tea leaves, Hey, you know, like people say that team being a teammate is one of the closest bonds you can have with somebody mm-hmm. if your teammates don't know where you are haven't spoken to you haven't really shown any concern for what you're up to <laughs> all like, the while telling every everybody who speaks with them from the media how great the locker room is and that's the thing yeah that's the thing like how much did you hear about not even if the locker room was good or bad but just the locker room in general last year never 
right? <laughs> right. And it's just like it's either I, like I'm trying to figure out how to look at this whole this press conference, which I don't even know if I could call this a press conference. This feels like a like a rally <laughs> and propaganda display. Yeah, it, it's like this is as this is as much of a, a freaking circus operation as that ESPN interview was. <laughs> and speaking of which, okay, look. Th- th- there was no apologies whatsoever in this. Now, now, granted, there are going to be this. Uh, there are a few EK nine defenders out there, and hey, do your thing. If you're if you're down with him and and that's how you feel, I'm not taking that away from you. Um, but again, my whole thing is like, look, <laughs> you didn't even apologize in this, and yeah, okay, you did when it all first came out, like when you got caught. Like it was almost like you were required to. I felt like this was, I mean, there was no contrition. There was really no admission. It was like, oh yeah, refer to the, to the NHL memo. There was no, I was wrong and deeply regret this mistake. I mean, I'm all for second chances, but that, you know, those chances start with you owning your own shit. And in my opinion, Kane failed to do so, uh, and look, either way, between the ESP interview and this CUDA presser, uh, Kane is remarkably talented at playing the victim. It's, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I've come away with it. And a couple times, I think it was during the ESPN one, he sits there and says, well, you know, uh, I'm an African-American player in a predominantly white sport. What does that have to do with anything? I don't care if you're an Asian player a, a Irish player, a Canadian player, you put a va- you know, a, you submitted false information to try to job the system. What does that have to do with your ethnicity? I don't get that. And that's the thing. And and obviously, it's like, it, I, it's... he's trying to say that oh, they're only calling me out be- because of my ethnicity. And it's like no, they're calling you out because you sub you purposely tried to deceive people. Yeah, that's and and it's it's worth saying that in the past he has he has been singled out for oh absolutely his, for his ethnicity, but absolutely. that's not in that's this not the case here. That's not the case. Yeah, like you, you know, like you said, you submitted a fake vaccination card. You alienated your teammates. You did all of these things, and it is like I said, it the ESPN interview felt like a clown show this cuda press conference felt like a clown show and you know we i mean i'm not going to sit here and pretend like we're friends with any of the the media people who were there but oh we, i thought you were saying you weren't going to pretend that me and you were friends go ahead no but like but we like we like and appreciate what these what these media people do for mm-hmm. for covering the team and i wish a couple of them would have pressed the issue a little bit yes. you know i also you know i don't want to get into it too much i already said my piece on twitter about it but you know the clip of uh, you know Curtis Brown and Brody Brazil talking about the situation. Oh Jesus! Coward move, and that's all I'm going to say. Let's move on. Okay. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's the whole thing. Is that like there? When I say when I mentioned earlier about the EK9 supporters or whatever, I'm you know using that towards fans. Um. I don't. It, it, it did seem like Curtis Brown, kind of a supporter or whatever. It seemed it just seemed a little odd. For me, it was Kevin Weeks. Like he did a thing. I don't know if it was on Overdrive or wherever. Two or three times said, 
Evander, it was, you know, it was a it was a poor judgment on his part. It was mis, it was a misjudgment. No, misjudgment is when you pull into a parking spot and you like bump the curb because you you thought it was a little further than it actually was. That's a misjudgment. This what Evander did was purposeful deception. This is not. I mean, <laughs> he he willingly did it. Yeah, this is like it was. Could you what do imagine they say? premeditated? Yeah, pre- well, exactly. Could you imagine <laughs> some some guy who's got a ridiculous, uh, you know, uh, prenup that if he gets caught cheating with another woman, he like you know has to give give the the woman that he's married to everything or whatever, and the lawyer coming in going, no, 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 this it, this was just misjudgment. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, you know, you tripped and fell, and your and your pants fell down, and you fell in her. No, yeah, let's no, no, yeah, that's the thing. He, you know, Evander Kane did not trip and fall and sign a fake vaccination card on his way down. No, he he contacted somebody somewhere, probably paid them some money to whip the, or who knows, you know what? Maybe he freaking printed it out on his home computer. Like who knows? He's like, I know how to use Word. That's what I'm saying. Like it's this was not a misunderstanding. Like this was not an accident. Mm, And but even that. But here's the other thing too. And you know what? Shout out to the community college level uh, law class. I got a (laughs) I got a D in here. Um, Being ignorant of the law does not excuse you from breaking it. Thank you. Uh, Let me see a quick note here from Tom Dolan. Stop. (laughs) We need him rehabilitated so we can move him for talent. We need to shorten up the bad times so we can get back to being serious contenders. I don't need sorry. If you do, that's on you. I mean, yeah, I, I would like him rehabilitated, but you know, if this was a one-off, a two-off. People are, yeah, people are acting like this is the first time he's ever screwed up. Yeah. This is like the 9,000th time it's happened. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm dying to give you the benefit of the doubt, but between your actions or, you know, from the way you've danced around things, avoided things. Uh, There's certain uh, media members that you won't even take their questions. I mean, and then not to take away from all the things that your estranged wife has said, and, and not that I'm believing those, not that I'm saying that they're false, not that I'm saying that they're true. I'm just saying that there is an, awful lot of smoke here for there not to be at least the hint of a little tiny burning bush of some sort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, look, the silver lining of all this, hey, the Barracuda should get a spike in ticket sales this weekend. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, if, if you you're, expect. Um, here's the thing. If And and now I know you're going to be inclined to say, you know, you're going to be inclined to say, well, I'm not giving, you know, I want to and this is just you oh, know, to, no- in order to show my support, I'm not going to buy Cuda tickets this weekend or something. Right. That that's one argument. But I would say, but honestly, and again, this is not telling anybody what to do. I'm just saying this is what I would do. And if you agree with me, awesome. I would go to the game, and I would let the Sharks know how you feel about Evander Kane being back. Now, don't whether be it's mean, good or bad. Don't be, don't be mean. And yeah. don't cause any problems. Mm-hmm. E- exercise your right as a paying sports fan to boo. Or, or cheer thing, and, if that's your jam. Yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. And and here's the thing. We obviously, 
we love we both love the sharks big fans we obviously cover the sharks i use cover very loosely because nobody nobody listens to us um <laughs> oh the sharks do <laughs> apparently, sharks if you're listening well i was gonna but, say the clearly the coaching staff but i just it really it really bothers me that they're the sharks with this whole evander kane situation they're letting other people tell the story for them yes like if I there weren't agree. like if there were if there was no twitter if there were no insiders, no email blasts, no nothing, nobody would know that Kane was on waivers. Nobody would know that he's been assigned to the Barracuda. Like, they would have showed up to practice and been like, huh, weird, uh, there's a Barracuda uh, banner behind the podium. What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. I understand, like, whatever. The Sharks don't want to talk about it, but, like, they have to. You know, well, it's, and, a, and let me, it's, a, it's a weak move to not mention him. And let me mention one more thing before we move on here. And this is a... It's it's not a slam on Kane by any stretch. It's actually kind of a slam on the I don't know media department or whatever for for the Sharks. But there was a big push this season that the Sharks had decided they were going to move away from having their games broadcast on ninety eight point five, and mm-hmm. it was the whole thrust of getting everybody to download the Sharks app and listen to games online, whether it was a Barracuda, whether it was Ted Ramey's wrap-ups, whether it was Sharks games, whatever, that you can find all this incredible content on the Sharks app. How did you not stream, live stream this press conference? Because they, and you know, it's like Kevin Kurz, Kevin Kurz put it perfectly. The Sharks have been pretending like Evander Kane doesn't exist for, for the last six weeks. You know, meanwhile, they're putting him on waivers. They're letting him, you know, they're they're sending him to their minor league team. But the the fact that like you've seen media availabilities for the Barracuda at best, it's the Zoom like best case scenario. It's the Zoom conferences that we've seen because of covid worst case scenario. It's somebody with their iPhone in front of the wall outside the tank. <laughs> the fact the fact that Kane like the the shark said, yeah, we'll we'll park some time for you to have an official press conference. Give me a break. Yeah, and uh, if memory serves, it was like a solid eleven minutes. But I anyway, I digress. Uh, especially before Chris goes scorched earth in the chat. Uh, coming up this week, when we talk again, we're going to be catching you up on games against Calgary, Minnesota, and Dallas. Of note, the Sharks play nine of their next ten at home. And the lone game away is in Anaheim. Pretty quick jaunt. Just letting you know. So the good news is, hey, the Sharks are not going to leave their time zone for the for three straight weeks till the end of 2021. And six of these ten games are against divisional opponents. If you listened to After Dark earlier, you heard Ian talking about he can't wait to get into the division. Neither can I because these are four-point games. You know, these are really where you, if you're going to make that push for the playoffs, these are the games to do it. And you get to play Arizona. (laughs) Who doesn't want to play them every day? Uh, You get to play Seattle. You get to play Vancouver twice. And we'll get to Bruce Boudreaux here momentarily. But that's the good news. Now, the bad news is during these 10 games, you're going to play the three top teams in the Pacific Division. Uh, You're going to play the top team in the Central and you're going to play a streaking Dallas team who's currently on a six-game win streak, and they're led by your former captain. So, you know, glass half full, glass half empty is that essentially by the end of 2021, 
the Sharks could really be behind the eight ball or they could put themselves in great position for the next year. Or if they continue at the pace that they're at, they're going to play 500. They're going to go five and five and we get what we get. (laughs) You know what I mean? As, as my fiance would say, as long as they have fun, it doesn't matter. Ah, you go. (laughs) So, uh, the first three, of course, Calgary, uh, this is going to be the second time the Sharks have faced them this season. The previous one was November 9th in Alberta. The Sharks won four to one. This will be their second divisional game of the entire season, if you can believe that. Uh, and I can because LA has only played their fourth one earlier today. So yeah, it's been pretty small, but they are the Pacific Division leader currently. Next game will be Minnesota, who is at the top of their division in the Central, the most points in the Western Conference. However, the Sharks did beat them also by a score of four to one on November 16th in the Twin Cities. And then, of course, that third one, Pavelski leading the Stars in points will drag the Dallas Stars into the tank. Should be two noted things here. First off, that is military night. For those of you who are into that, another thing is this is your opportunity to make an entire day of hockey in San Jose because... Evander Kane and the San Jose Barracuda will be playing at one o'clock that day. So there you go. Just saying, uh, let's take it now that that's all wrapped up. Let's, let's have a, a hint of fun, a scotch of fun or something. Let's go around the NHL. So look, due to the COVID breakout or what jerk lovingly refers to as Rona, uh, the NHL sent out a memo and they were like, yeah, you, stop. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, don't, don't, don't meet, don't hang. None of like Christmas parties. Uh, just, no, stop. Don't do it. So all club organized parties, all autograph sessions, public speaking, charity events, everything the kibosh has put on. Uh, now that said, we have seen, Players post photos of get-togethers at their home for the holidays with, with their teammates and the wives. And I'm going to bet that that continues. What I'm also going to bet on is that it doesn't get posted on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, that said, are we about one more outbreak from canceling the Olympics or, can't you know, not going for the NHL? I don't know about that because, yeah, like, yes, obviously what the Sharks and the Senators and the Islanders have all had to deal with has not I mean it's not great I in an ideal situation nobody would get COVID this year mm-hmm. but and I hate to even be this guy right but so far all of the outbreaks that have been seen like the storm's been weathered I hope so and and so you just hope right that's really all you can do is just hope yeah that being do you give a shit if the if the NHL goes to the Olympics do you care one way or the other you know, uh, when this came up, uh, when they announced they weren't going in 2018, I didn't really care at the time because I I just didn't. But now that I think about it, I think it would be cool. I just think it would be cool to see kind of the – because especially with USA and Canada, from probably 06 to maybe 2014, it was – pretty much it was the same players every time. And then you had a couple different guys who would come through. I'm really excited to see like a new crop of guys for Canada and for the USA and for Russia as well. Like I think Russia or Olympic athletes from Russia or the artist formerly known as Russia, whatever they're going by. Like I'd love to see what that team looks like. My here's my take. I'm 
I, I don't really care either way. Sure. Honestly. Um, my, my thing is, does it have to be played in Canada? Like, can you just like have best on best, but just have the games take place in the U S you know, are you talking about for the Olympics or for the world juniors? No, for the Olympics. Because the Olympics are in China. Yeah, exactly. But okay, fine. Have all the other events there. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> just have the, the same rosters, but just have them play in a place that I don't know where the virus originated from, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the area that the virus is named after? Maybe we don't do that? I don't know. <sighs> uh, so, look, remains to be seen. I, I hope there's not another outbreak, of course. But uh, it one has to think that you know we're we're going to reach the point of no return at some point, and I feel like if any more games get canceled, that that might be about it. That and that point of no return um, is is January the tenth. Basically, January tenth is when we'll know if the NHL is going or not. All righty, uh, Jack Eichel. The good news. He is back on the ice after what appears to be successful neck surgery. The bad news, the next time the Sharks see Vegas, or I should say the first time, is not until March 1st when Jack Eichel may be on the roster and on the ice in the game. So, Well, you know what? Jack Eichel may be on the ice. I will be in the audience. Hey, now. <laughs> what, what? Uh, let me ask you a question. Did, uh, did the Nashville Predators release the worst stadium series jersey ever? Definitely up there. Uh, see, for me, I, mm, I, I, I feel that like that is the, not choice. I feel like the answer is yes. It is not choice. <laughs> I, I got really excited because it was blue. Yes. And then, yes. And then they they had to you know they had to kick us down. So <sighs> no, just horrible, horrible. And the thing that really gets me, which I mentioned on social media, was like. Could that C have been uh, more of an afterthought? Like, there's no way in hell it goes over that far. Like, somebody misplaced this. Somebody fucked up, is what I'm saying. I have never seen a C, a captain's patch, like, stitched on the same seam as, like, the sleeve. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of messing with me. Like, I think if you take that off, maybe it's, it's uh, I don't know. But yeah, I'm just this. This doesn't do it for me. Not to mention the fact that why? Why does it seem like every letter is its own size and font? I just that's the that's the style. Uh, I just I just feel like like a a fan contest or something. Like that's you know somebody won this competition. Uh, on the other hand, dig it, dig the bolts. The more I see this, the more I'm I'm, I'm digging it. The only thing that I, I would look at this and go, mm, you could have done this, is you take that lightning, you know, that lightning bolt blue on the bottom and it's kind of at the bottom of the arms, add that to the bottom of the back, you know, make it so it goes all the way around and I think you got a winner. I agree. I, I like, I think that that's bordering on potential th future third jersey for the, for the bolts. But I digress. We should, we should probably get going. Uh, so yesterday the, the Ottawa center senators <laughs> announced that bet 99 Sportsbook would be their home helmet sponsor for the season. Uh, you remember that thing that was only supposed to last for last season? 
but I do just get a kick out of the whole thing with the the gambling and whatnot, and you know, and how that was never supposed to be a thing, and now they're sponsoring. But anyway, I, I just get a kick out of all of those things. Uh, so, how's our dark horses going? Uh, look, it, it, Jerk is is not happy. Uh, his team is still in the basement. The Canucks, uh, last I looked, eight fifteen and two for eighteen points. Through the first 25 games of the season, it was reported earlier today, they have the worst penalty kill in NHL history. Epic. (laughs) And then, of course, you have Elliot Friedman tweeting just a couple short hours ago that (laughs) Bruce Boudreaux would be the next coach of the Vancouver Canucks because, as I've come to find, the more things change in the Pacific the more they stay the same. Jerk, I'm going to let you just go off on this while I take a hot second. Yeah, so, I mean, as I've said before, I'll say it again. You know, I still, in terms of the forwards, in terms of the goaltending, I still like the way this team is constructed. But obviously those guys I mentioned are not playing the way that they should be. The defense is also a tire fire. Um, As AJ mentioned, Vancouver, you know, they fired uh, Travis Green, which I... I like Travis Green as a coach. I'm I I hope that he's, you know, on the short list for another team coming soon here. Um, and they're going to bring back Bruce Boudreau, former coach of uh, Capitals, Ducks, Wild, um, NHL Network analyst. Now he's in Vancouver. Um, they but they also you know fired the general manager, fired fired the assistant general manager. So, you know, they the talk the last couple of weeks whether you know 32 thoughts whether you listen to Overdrive. The talk has been, you know, the Canucks don't want to fire the GM and the coach because they don't want to have to pay, pay the guy, <laughs> pay the guys they fired while also paying the replacements. And clearly they have given up on that uh, mindset. So, yeah, Canucks are in the dumpster right now. Uh, but I don't know. I, I I I don't think it's a sign of things to come. I just think it's a bad year for them. <laughs> Remember 10 years ago when they went to the Stanley Cup? Good times. <sighs> I don't know. Is it uh, so? What three years from now we're going to see Ron Wilson go to the uh, Seattle Kraken? No. Bueller. Okay. Uh, look, my LA Kings. For for and then when I say that, that's you know for for this exercise. Uh, currently sixth now with a record of is it ten nine and four with twenty four points. Correct. Just got Dowdy back. Just won a game over the who? Edmonton, Edmonton Oilers? Oilers? Are you kidding me? <laughs> now, that being said, Darnell Nurse, who had just returned, did get a shorty. <laughs> there you go. But are you kidding? The Kings just and who just got Dowdy back, but they beat the Edmonton Oilers? Are you serious? Like the, I have hope. I don't feel like Jerk has any hope when it comes to the Canucks, but I have hope. Uh, and, and it also should be noted that I think with about eight minutes left in this game, it was two, one <laughs> and then three, one and then four, one. <laughs> oh, the Kings poured it on there towards the end. So any hoodles, <sighs> Tampa Bay, I just talked about how beautiful your jerseys are. Why did you have to screw me so hard today by treating Martin Jones the way you did? Like you got. Kata hot out five nothing. Like, what's the meme? Like, stop already, they're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you really didn't have to go and beat up on Martin Jones like you did. 
And so I believe what we're, where are we at? I think Ian said nine seventeen save percentage. Uh, no, uh, I believe it was nine fifteen or higher. That it no, 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 no. What his current number is now? Oh, at, current number after, he's at now after getting Sorry. steamrolled earlier tonight. Currently, Martin Jones is at yeah nine one seven. Oh. Still time though. Still, still time. Uh, but t- you know, tonight was in relief, so he's still three win, three loss, one overtime. But uh, yikes, yikes! And I don't, you know, th- like I said, this is a relief start, so this doesn't count for the twenty. You know, Ian said got to start twenty or more. Yes, games, and and if you look at any stats website, it'll say games played, games started. There you go. Uh, now in a weird squ- scheduling quirk. The, fire, the Flyers actually play five games over the next seven days. So I expect Jones to get looks at least twice this week. Could be interesting depending on how it goes. Either way, right? And to top it all off, and what really could put the cherry on the Sunday is if he has those good games, the Flyers pay a visit to SAP Center to finish out 2022. You have to think Jones is going to get the start in that game since the Flyers play in Seattle the night before. So, anyway, all I'm saying is the Lightning have proved that they're clearly Team Ian on this. Um, (laughs) Joe Pavelski, like I said, coming in with the Dallas Stars. That washed-up has-been now leads the Stars in points, is winning 54% of his face-offs, which is better than Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle. And their current game-winning, six-game winning streak, uh, the former Sharks captain just happens to have three goals, seven assists, one of those goals, a game-winner. So, yeah. Mm. There you go. Might be good. Might be. 37-year-old. Good. Mm. It, it, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's still hard to say, though. We, 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 may have to, we may need more information. Okay. Ooh, Barracuda. So, speaking of shit shows, the Barracuda played, just uh, finished up just not that long ago. Another pair versus the Abbotsford Canucks. Uh, it seems like seven of the last eight games the Barracuda have played have been versus Abbotsford. Either way, they broke a four-game losing skid the other night with a third-period rally after being up 3-1 in the first to going down 4-3 after the second. Uh, talk about a That's So Sharks game. Joachim Blickfeld scored twice in the third, finished with a three-point night, while the other Cuda goals came from Hobgawax, who seems like he's scoring in every game lately, Scott Reedy, Jake McGrew, and Evan Weinger, Nick Merkley and Jacob Magna both had two assists in this one, and Melnichuk saved 11 of 15, which of course saw Sachenko come in to save 10 of 10. But tonight was a different story. A 5-2 loss to Abbotsford. The only goals coming from Schmalevsky and Ryan Merkley. As of now, your leaders, Reedy with nine goals. Assists coming from Ryan Merkley with nine. Halbgawax should be leading now with 14. And uh, last I looked, Sachenko's at a 902. Melnichuk's at a pedestrian 857. We hope that gets better. The coming week, the CUDA will play in Stockton against the Heat. I believe that's on Tuesday. But they have yet, Jesus Christ, we're playing Abbotsford again. 
(laughs) (laughs) So I believe it's Abbotsford this weekend. I think Saturday, Sunday deal or whatever. But like I said, December 11th, that will be Kane's, at least it's slated on paper, to be Kane's first AHL game ever for those of you who work at NBCS. Uh, So will the CUDA see a spike in ticket sales? It happens all the time in the MLB when a you know a guy co- goes down is goes on the IR needs needs a few starts before they bring him back up. So there's been times where you've seen a big name from the San Francisco Giants start in San Jose, and all of a sudden you can't get a ticket to the game. So see what happens there. For the prospects, the top five remains the same, uh, and for the most part, a couple guys remain on fire. Brandon Coe, 46 points in 24 games. I mean, almost two points per game. Are you kidding me? Uh, Tristan Robbins, 31 points, 23 games. Daniil Gushkin, 24 points in 19. Bordalo, 18 points in 18. And Max McHugh right now, 16 points in 22 games. And everybody wants to know what's going on with Eklund. Uh, it's not been great. Hasn't posted points in the last couple of games. Uh, last I looked, three assists and seven. Has that changed at all? Nope. Yikes. So... That does kind of suck, but uh, as I was mentioning just a second ago, uh, not exactly the tweet of the week, but at least something I'm going to call out this week. I'm begging you, NBCSN, do us a solid. Stop spreading misinformation. You know, let's, uh, byline on this is Dalton Johnson, but you, there are others that are guilty. But in your first sentence here, or I'm sorry, not your first sentence, your se- second sentence said, on Tuesday, Evander was a minor leaguer again. NBCS, you can't be something again if you were never it to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm not trying to be a dick to the people, <laughs> to some of the writers at NBCS Bay Area, but there's just been so many times they have spread mis- misinformation that they've they've put years, they've gotten, you know, they said something happened in 97 when it happened in 99. Uh, they called Thomas Her- Tomas Hurdle the Sharks captain twice in a week. Uh, they received so many, so much backlash on the first one of those that they ended up deleting the tweet because of that. And then, like I said, two days later, posted a very similar article. And then my all-time favorite was they they uh, did a story about the shark head that the players skate out of. Right? They said it had only been moved three times in history. They said for the the 97 All-Star game, the 2019 All-Star game, and then they said, and for, uh, if if memory serves, they initially said an All-Star game in 2015 until everybody came out and said, what the hell are you talking about? Do you mean the Stadium Series game? And so they went in and changed it not to... 2015 stadium series game that, Oh, by the way, had the most attendance in California hockey history. They changed it to 20, uh, I'm sorry, 97 all-star game, 2019 all-star game and a game between the sharks and the, and the LA Kings. They didn't even mention Levi stadium or the fact that it was a stadium series game. So it's just stop. Just let Shang do it all. Okay. Throw some money at Shang. Let him do it all, or at least copy edit. I, I beg of you again, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'm just tired of reading misinformation that if you just take five seconds and Google, just come on, 
come on. Am I wrong, jerk? Is it too much? Am I harping too much? I feel like I might be. <laughs> I just. I, hate, I mean, I don't. I hate I don't misinformation. Think, I don't think they're intentionally misleading people. I think that they're they intentionally just don't, not researching. They just, they just don't do their due diligence, uh, or, or or just don't care. Right. All right, you can. I feel I've stepped in yeah, it. Yeah, let's again. wrap it up. Yeah, I feel <laughs> as though I've stepped in it again. Uh, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at aj underscore strong. If you ever have any questions or topics you would like to hear us discuss, you can send them along to at Teal Town USA on Twitter. Don't forget to join our Discord channel where the chat never stops. You can check the show notes for the link. And remember to leave your take in the comments section of this YouTube video if you are watching on that platform. Famous last words, Jerkman, as we get into basically 10 straight home games with a short little diversion to Anaheim. I'll keep it short and sweet. For once? Re, <laughs> re-sign Barabana. All right, then. Because as we talked about, his line has struggled, yet he's still hanging in there. All right, I, get, I think it's a guy you got to keep around. Famous last words for me. Uh, I dare you to scratch Gregor. That too. <laughs> uh, no, I get famous last words for me, I guess is probably be uh, James Reimer. Get well soon. Very. Also, also appropriate. Very, very soon. Remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. And if you listen to the podcast on something like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Subscribe to our content on that platform. Leave us a review, maybe five stars. And you can find links to our social media, podcast apps, and more in the description below. Find everything on tealtownusa.com. And remember, if you'd like to support the show, you always can do so by throwing something in our tip jar on Venmo at TealTownUSA. So, uh, remember to check out After Dark, after every single Sharks game that occurs, and that's it for us. Um, oh, boy, I just... Do we need to see it one more time? I feel like we do. That's that's how I felt today. Just, just, <laughs> just absolutely run over. <laughs> by Eric Carlson's lawnmower. Ah, thanks for watching and listening. We will catch you all next week for episode 144. Good night, everybody.